0: My mom is 85 years old. She is actually the picture of health and a very sharp mind. But it didn't stop her from a couple months ago giving me this line, because I talked to her a couple times a week, and she gave me this line. She said, you know I'm 85, right? Well, yeah, I know you're 85. So you don't know what's going to happen to me in the future, do you? It could be any moment. he said, Mom. She said, don't you think you should come see me? <laughs> God, talk about guilt. So so we decided, we'd, go, we'd visit her. So a couple weeks ago, Pam and I took off from Missouri. And then when our kids found out that we were going to Missouri, uh, Chad and, and Christy and their families decided to come down because both of their in-laws live in that same region of Missouri. And so, so we all, all gathered together and... It just, it, it was amazing. And, and, and the question I have is, what is so compelling about all of us getting together? What is, the, what is compelling about us changing our calendars and, and making room out of our budgets and driving 14 hours? what What is that? And, and what is it with all the mega pictures? We had some for you today, but I think our computer's been crashing this morning, so we won't be able to see those. But mega picture, picture after picture after picture after picture. and And at one point, we were out at our daughter's, in-laws, and they have kind of a farm ranch outside of Springfield, Missouri, and we were going out there and, and, and they've got chickens and they've got horses and they've got farm equipment, and we're taking pictures, and Pam says, "Wait wait, wait I, I want a picture of, of me in the bucket of the tractor." I said, "You are a crazy woman." And then I look over, and it's not only Pam in the bucket about 10 feet high, But my 85-year-old mother is in the bucket with her. That's not the worst part. At the wheel of the tractor is our two-year-old grandson. (laughs) I kid you not. What's going to happen to you in the future, mom? You're going to fall out of a tractor. Get a stunt double. My goodness. So we've got these images, we've got these images, these pictures, and, and we're walking through those of the, the time, and they are just incredibly attractive to us. What is it about that that, that makes it so attractive that, that we're with family? And, and our daughter, Christy, is an adventurer. She's traveled the world She's sailed a boat through pirate waters uh, n- near Somalia. She's done just really weird things. She's gone kayaking in shark-infested waters. She's just really into that, and she likes to live in remote places, and so they're always moving around to, to places that are, are exciting and adventurous. But when she got back from this trip, on her Facebook page, she wrote this. I'm beginning to realize that for me, the meaning and long-lasting joy of this life isn't in grand adventures, but in the simple unplanned moments of connection with those we call family. So what is the, what is the attraction of, of this image of family? To understand that, I want to take us back to, a, to another image. And I want you to create this in your mind. I want you to see just, just to see a, a planet that is dark. I want you to see one that is, that is void of life completely. And then I want you to see, I want you to imagine this, this force, this spirit that comes upon this thing void of life and the spirit says, let there be, let there be light. Let there be sun, let there be moon, let there be stars, let there be clouds, let there be, let there be water upon this thing and, and th- this planet, and, and let it be separated by land, and let there be fish in the sea, and let there be birds who fly in the air, and let there be animals, and let there be plants to feed them. And there is now, simply because this force has arrived, there is life. And then, this force says this. Let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of earth. So God created human beings. He created them God-like. Reflecting God's nature, he created them male and female. And God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. Be responsible for the fish in the sea and the birds in the air for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. And you know what you call that? You call that imagio Dei, Latin for the image of God. Just say that with me, imagio Dei, imagio Dei. Because there was no other being in which this creator breathed his own breath. There is no other creature that had placed upon that creature The character of the creator. The nature of the creator. To be able to walk like the creator and to look like the creator and to think like the creator and to rule like the creator. There was no other creature where he took this thing called his glory and placed that upon that being. And that's a really tough thing to define for us. The glory. If you're a Jew you would call it the Kabbad. It is meaning simply the weight, the massiveness of the spirit that fills everything that exists that you cannot even begin to comprehend because what you think that spirit is is so much lesser than what that spirit truly is. And it's a massive thing beyond our ability. The Jews would even describe it by calling it holy, which means that which is other than anything we've ever been able to, to comprehend or imagine or think or realize. So massive that when one person said, can I see your glory? God said, yes, I'm going to hide you in a cave. I'm going to walk by, and then you look where I've been. Because if you see me in my fullness, it will crush you. The Greeks would call it doxa, all that God is. And God takes that, that, that glory, and he cloaks that man and that woman with this glory. Glory. So that when this creator arrives, his weight, his massiveness will not crush them, but instead give them the ability to commune with him. So what do you expect of creatures who are clothed in the glory of the creator? He said, I want you to be the imagio Dei. I want you to be my image on this earth. And I want you then to live in this paradise and I want you then to create and multiply. Not only will you be image bearers, but you'll be image makers. And I want you to make more of these image bearers and I want you then to expand this paradise till it fills the entire earth. So that everywhere you look, you'll see family. And you'll say, oh, imagio dei. It's it's the image of god now cue the theme from jaws dum 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 because there now is entering a diabolical force into the beauty of this moment it's an evil force that sets its sights on the husband and wife and their plan to not only be image bearers but image makers his name is lucifer And what we know about him is that he held a very high position, this beautiful creature, a high position near the Creator, and he had this driving passion, and this is how it is described. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation of the farthest sides of the north, and I will ascend upon the heights of the clouds. And now, listen to this. And I will be like the Most High. Lucifer was driven to be like God, he wanted that glory. And the Creator says, No. See those two there? Imagio Dei. It's for them. Not for you. Lucifer saw in Adam and Eve everything he wanted to be, and a wannabe is dangerous, especially if that wannabe is murderously jealous. If I can't have this, nobody else can, so he attacks. For this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father, shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. It's an amazing, amazing thing how two can become one and that they're glued together because that's the whole thing of the family is this cleaving process. And the wording actually for cleave means to be glued together. They shall become glued together and Jesus himself will tell us who that glue is for he said, what God has joined together, let no man separate. So there is this gluing of this presence of the Almighty. So uh, let me just demonstrate. Luke and Chloe, where are you guys? Come on over here. I want you to face each other as you did on your wedding day how many weeks ago? Eight Eight weeks ago. You didn't know that, did you? (laughs) No. That's why I didn't ask you. Yeah. Yeah. Eight weeks. Okay. okay. Did, you, did you get a card for the eight-week no. anniversary? No. Do that. <laughs> okay, so I want, you to, I want you to join hands. Okay. <laughs> okay. So God says, you come together, and as a family... He wants you to be the Imagia Dei. He wants you to be the very presence of the Almighty as you commune with each other and as you then, you're going to have a family, right? Same day. Same day. Okay. So as you do, as you, as you are the image bearers and become image makers, he said that my presence there will be the glue that holds you together. So he takes hold of you, and as long as he is there, just, just try to pull your hands apart a little bit there. Okay. It's not working because I'm so much stronger than you. I'm massive. Okay. So God says the whole thing of this cleaving together is that I'm there and I'm holding you together through the rough and tough times of trying to understand each other because you've understood that, that you can't understand her, right? right? Okay. And so God is there to help you walk through that process. You can't expect him to read your mind, can you? Okay, good. Does she? Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> so God grabs hold in those moments. And he holds you together. Now Satan shows up, Lucifer shows up, and he says this. This whole God thing, this whole God experience for you, that's just one of the experiences you can have in life because there's other experiences that he won't let you have. And so what you need to do is that you need to decide that he is just one of those experiences and there's other experiences that you can have. Like that thing over there he told you not to do. You can go do that because, you see, he's holding back on you. And if you will decide to do that, you'll become just like him because now you become the master of your own domain. And you'll be just like him because now you rule like he rules and you can do what you want to do. Now, the problem with that is that in that line given to them, they don't understand with him here, they are already his image. They've already become like him to the degree that a human being can become. And that, that this whole thing with God is not just another experience because he is so massive, he fills everything. And that he is a continuous forever, ex- not an experience, but an encounter, an encounter that therefore will transform every other experience. He's not just another experience. So Lucifer says, you you really need to try to get these other experiences, and he doesn't need to be the center of everything, because you need to be the center of everything. And so they give way, and they say to, in essence, God, we don't want you to be the center. And so God steps back. Now, pull your hands apart. A whole lot easier, because when you break the glue, you break the family. And when you break the family, you break the image. Thanks, guys. So, a sixth grade teacher in an upper middle class American city asked her students to, to complete this, this statement I wish. And what she expected when she got the papers turned in was I wish uh, for an iPhone, I wish for some electronics, I, I wish for a pet, I wish for going to Disney World, I, I wish, I wish for those things. To her surprise, 20 out of the 30 students who followed through on the assignment, 20 out of 30, their wish was focused on the dysfunction in their family. I wish my mother didn't have a boyfriend. I wish my parents wouldn't fight, and I wish my father would come back. I wish I could get straight A's so my father would love me. There is this thing, this attraction, this image of family that draws us all. We want to have that. So I'm back in in Springfield, Missouri with my mom, and and the second day I go out for a run, and I run the two miles. And you know where I go? I run two miles one way for one specific thing. I go to the cemetery to see my father's grave. Are you morbid? No, because I miss those family moments. I I, I just want to be there and reflect back because there's this attraction of family These kids in the sixth grade say, I wish we had what family's supposed to be. We're drawn to that. That is the thing that we really want. It's exactly what Paul the Apostle describes in 1 Corinthians 13, because the very essence of family is that chapter on love, this God love. This love that always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Break the glue, break the family. Break the family, break the image. So how do we get it back? Round two. God created a son, and he didn't follow through. Now God sends a son who is not created, who has always been. He sends this son, and his nickname is Second Adam. Because there came this first Adam, now comes this second Adam. And what the first Adam could not accomplish, the second Adam does. Paul, the apostle, writes about this second Adam, Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. And the firstborn does not mean he was birthed. It means he is the first one above everything else. He's always been there. Firstborn over all creation. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things. Say that word, reconcile. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Simply put, the second Adam puts upon his own body the pain, the hopelessness, the dysfunction of a broken family. And when that body carrying that brokenness is placed in the ground, it is buried. So that no longer will it have the power to reproduce the brokenness. That the generational curses that go from, from generation to generation will now be confronted because on that third day, Jesus rises from the grave with a new power, with a power of reconciliation. That word reconciliation comes from two words. It means before and the difference. Before there was this brokenness, before there was this... this, this thing crumbling before there was this anger, before there was this pain, before there was this murder, before there was this violence, before there was this, this, this dysfunction within the family, before all of that. I'm bringing you back to what was before. And he therefore provides the setting and the resources to accomplish it. So my dad has, has been gone now for a few years and and I call my mom at least twice a week, sometimes three times, because she lives in that condo by herself. And so the, the first months, as you can imagine, were, were pretty tough for her, and, and I would call and she'd be crying, and I'd say, what's up, mom? And she said, well, I'm just going through your dad's old love letters. And I'd say, Mom, how you doing? And, and we'd, we'd talk, and she'd say, well, you know, this is this holiday. And, 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 and I'd, sometimes I'd catch her really broken. Other times she'd say, I'm, I'm doing okay. And then, and then this started happening. I'd call her to talk to her, and I'd say, hey, Mom, where are you? she said, well, I'm playing cards with these guys. <laughs> oh, okay, well, you want me to call back later? Yeah, yeah. So I, I call her back at another time. I say, Mom, where are you now? She said, Oh, we're out to eat. I'm just having fun. We're just hanging out. I said, You want me to call you later? Yeah, call me later. <laughs> I call again. I say, Mom, where are you? You're whispering. She said, oh, I, I, I'm working at the church. Want me to call you later? Yeah, yeah, call me later. Hey, Mom, how are you? where are you? You're on your way to Branson with a lot of people? What are you doing? How come you're never home? I, find like the, I sound like the parrot now. Why aren't you home? Don't you stay out late. I'd call other times and say, where are you now? Oh, I'm taking care of the great-grandkids. You're 85. Yeah, I know. So I asked her several months after my dad had passed. I said, Mom, do you want to get remarried? She said, I'm in my 80s. What's wrong with you? I said, seriously, do you want to get remarried? She said, no. But she said, "This this is what I need. She said, I want to meet a man who is very wealthy. <laughs> she got more, who's a travel agent. <laughs> she said, I want to travel the world, but not like boyfriend and girlfriend, but just as friends. So that's what I want. Okay, no problem, mom. Those are dime a dozen. We'll just pray one in for you. But while we're waiting for that person to show up, and if you're here today, I'll take applications for you. Just let me know. (laughs) While that's all happening, while she's waiting, there is this family that now has reached around her and embraced her. Where the loneliness begins to dissipate. Because in the very beginning, God said, it's not good for man to be alone, for any of us to be alone. He said, I'm going to make this so that this family surrounds you. God intended for us to thrive within family. But when Lucifer came in and began to break that and remove the glue, we have to deal with the brokenness in our families. And you sit here today, and you've come through brokenness. You've come through divorce. You've come through through dysfunction within a family. You've come through abuse in a family. And, And your family... Memories are just so painful. Jesus said, we're going to take care of that. You're not going to be by yourself. In fact, watch what Jesus does in his family. It's struck by violence. There he is hanging on a cross, and in the middle of all that, he turns to one of his best friends and says, see my mom? She's now part of your family. You take her. You embrace her. The New Testament church, the the early followers of Jesus understood that, and, and they got the word out that said, nobody, nobody who is an orphan and nobody who is a widow or widower will be by themselves. You reach out, and you embrace, and you take care of them, and you bring them in, and you walk together, and so that they would worship together, they would sing songs together, they would eat together, they would have fun together, they would work together, they would pray together, they would just be together, and the scripture says, day after day after day after day, they were together. Because it's in the family, we find the imagio day. In its simplest description, they got together all the time, and then they shared all they had. For the scripture tells us that no one was in need, because when someone was in need, somebody else said, "Wait, I got stuff here." Can you see it? The the image imagio day. See, we exist here to be community, the family. We exist to be community by revealing Jesus. He's the glue. By finding our purpose, what are we going to do together to affect other people and and to, to change this world and to bring justice and to take care of poverty? What are we going to do? And to serve others, Jesus said there's no greater expression of love than to to serve others, to give up what you have to serve them. That's who we are. It's our mission. And so so what is that purpose? What what, what are we saying we're going to do? And so we've been been focusing and telling you that that we're going to come back to what was in the very beginning, the originality of, of what we were supposed to do. And it's this, that we become... Those who build strong families, because it's what we're attracted to. We know that in in Erie, and you've seen it advertised, that they've discovered as they're trying to deal with poverty and violence, they've come to this conclusion that if you can get the family together and then get them to a place where God is, a place of worship, they said this happens to the children. They get better grades. They they have a lower risk of suicide. They have better self worth. They have a higher rate of success and are less likely to commit a violent crime. That's what happens when the glue comes back into the family. So in these last nine months, a whole lot of your leadership began working together saying, God, what do we do? How do, how do, we, how do we build these strong families? So what we've been doing is we've been restructuring our, our staffing and we've been, been also restructuring our financial processes and we've been been also restructuring our calendar so it focuses on this one thing because not only were those people in the early church devoted to the same vision but they were also devoted to the people of the vision and so they shared whatever they had to make it happen because generosity generates vision And as a result then they had the tools to build those strong families so I'm going to tell you this morning what we've got cooking for you besides chili tonight we have tools for you to be able to reach out and, and form family units not only your own nuclear family but but others around you that need family and not just hey, hey can I see you once in a while it's bringing them in and letting them do life together so this morning I, I want to to let you know that we have a gift for you. And you received a copy, as you came in today, of the announcement of that, it's called Right Now Media. Fall is here, which means your calendar is probably about to get crazy. But don't forget, we've given you free access to a massive online library of Bible-based video resources. On rightnowmedia.org, you'll find studies on marriage, parenting, finance, books of the Bible, youth and women series, video sessions to go through with your small group or in your personal devotional time. There's even a huge selection of fun, Bible-based entertainment for your kids, all available anytime, anywhere on one easy to use app. We know you're busy. That's why we've made this Right Now Media subscription available to every member of our church at no cost. It's just one more way we want to walk alongside you and your family as you seek to grow daily in your faith. So here's what's going to happen this week if we have your email address, you're going to get an invitation from Right Now Media. And all you got to do is register, it doesn't cost you a thing, but you'll have access to thousands upon of thousands of videos to help you to enjoy life as a person or as a family or to study together. What, you'll be surprised what you'll find in there. Helps for marriage and for parenting. It's all in there. And in fact, just to prove how easy it is, this morning I took my invitation and it took me 60 seconds to register. That's all it took. And I'm not really brilliant on the computer. So I'm going to invite you. And if you say, well, you don't have my email address, then just go online and let them know that you're part of Erie. First, if you're visiting today, we're counting you because you're family. So go on, and you'll have access to that. So that's one of the tools we have for you today. That's our gift to you. Secondly, our gift to you is providing helpful facilities for young families. And so you may not know that we have a playland that's out this direction as you go out. It's probably the largest indoor play land, indoor playland within this region. And so even on Sunday mornings as you come in now, 30 minutes before this gathering and 30 minutes after, we want you to take your kids in there and have fun. Now you've got to go in there with them. Just don't drop them off. But that's available to you. In addition to that, one of the things that I can remember when, when, when our kids were small, I, we'd go to church and, and Pam would have an infant and didn't want to quite put the, the baby in the nursery yet. And, and, and so she'd end up walking around with the baby during service and not getting any part of it. So this morning... Open today for the first time is our parents' lounge. And if you head down towards the ark, the boat that's down that direction, you'll see a sign for parents' lounge. And you can go in there now and sit and watch on on screen what's happening right now in the service. And your kids can play and you can talk with other other parents who don't want to walk around by themselves. And so you'll be together. So we've got that available for you now. We're going to be offering to you more quarterly parenting and marriage seminars to help you with dealing with life so that you know that when things are not going well that you're not going out of your mind. We have family activities such as a family movie night which you'll see in in your bulletin today and and parents nights out. They're going to be available year round. We have opportunities for the development of your child's character and the spirit. Even this morning, we have classes before this gathering. And then we have our Inside Out group, as you saw, leave. We have Wednesday night activities for, for kids, for our Rangers and Impact Girls. And in our Rise student ministry, all of those things are available for you. Those are tools for you. In order to help create strong marriages, we're going to be providing marriage mentors so that that when you're walking through marriage that first year and, and and you need to know how to deal with those things, Luke and Chloe. We're gonna we're gonna attach a mentor with you to help just walk you through that. And then if you're gonna go through any if you're going through a tough time in your marriage, they say around the seventh year there's this, that that seven year itch and things can get be bad, we're gonna have people there to walk you through, and those those people will be trained and ready to go by January, February of this next year. As part of our Building Strong Family Sermon Series, we start next week when Nicole and I will be sharing the teaching. We're going to be offering you a family dedication service on October the 16th, where you as a family can say, here's what we want to be, and here's how we want to be the image of God. And to stay up to date on all that, we want you to check out our newly reformatted website, eriefirst.org, and it'll help give you the answers you're looking for, we hope. So if we're going to build strong families, we need to understand that that that, that force that came against the family in the very beginning is still coming against the family. And if we're going to be able to defeat that, it's going to take more than a few people deciding that we're going to build strong families. It's back to the series we just recently did in Nehemiah, where they, they saw the enemy, and what they did is then they gathered together as families, and they held a weapon in one hand, and they built with the other, and we together must now fight against the destruction of the family. For that to happen, we've got to be pointed in the same direction. We've got, we got to go the same way. And so I'm asking you. I'm asking you, and I wish I could command you. But I can't command my wife. I can't command you. I can't command anybody, Riley. But I'm going to command you. I want you to join with me starting this Wednesday evening as we go through a four-week series called Foundations. We're going to talk about who we are together and what we're doing together and who you are. Pastor John in that third week is going to take you through a, a shorter version of the shape class where you discover your personality and your, your abilities and who you are and then where you fit. The next week, Nicole's going to take you through where you fit in all that, that process and how we, how we work this out together. If you are a leader now, you need to walk through that with us. If you want to be a leader, if you want to, to serve, you want to, you want to be part of this, we need you to be there. And so you can just go online and register and meet with me down in, in room 107 And on, on Wednesday. And we're going to start walking through that. I, I don't know how else to say it except that if I could make it mandatory, I'd make it mandatory. That's how important it is for us that we travel in the same direction. So this morning... I want to take a moment and introduce to you and let you see those people that have been working so hard to get us ready for what's happening today and in the future. The staff who are, who are working diligently, everything from making facilities available to making media available to, to preparing classes and, and all pieces of what we're doing around here, our support staff in the office. So I'm going to inv- invite those staff members along with their families to come up and join me on the stage. Will you come up? And some of them are not in here right now. They're, They're actually helping with your kids and taking care of other parts of what's happening this morning. And some of these, their kids are already in our activities. And I'm really thankful for this group because I want to tell you, some of them work are being paid full-time, some are, most of them are being paid part-time, and many of them are even volunteering. We've even had some that, that as we restructured, we said, your, your job is now going into a volunteer job, so we need to let you know. And those people said, well, we're going to still continue to do it. We'll just volunteer. I said, well, thank you. 'Cause so we love that about you. So this morning we're announcing that all of you are gonna work as volunteers. I'm kidding, we're not announcing that bit. But I want Pastor Don to come up and stand by me and also Nicole and and Luke. Come come on over here. Pastor Don, get up here. So I just want to, so that you know. And, and by the way, the structure that we that that we have reformatted, to will describe more to this evening. And if you want a copy of that, they're going to be out at the exit. So just it's a it's a colored sheet that shows you their structure. But there's some changes that are, have been taking place, and I want you to know about those. First of all, Pastor Don has been serving for the executive pastor for how many years? Five, Five years. And 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 his his passion is all past such pastoral things, and so. So his, his position has now changed into pastor of community care so he's dealing with weddings and funerals and, and hospital calls and helping people get visited that can't get here and working on our prayer ministry and working with our, our seniors and working with our, our baby boomers and so that's, that's what he is doing. Nicole has now recently come in and actually doesn't officially start till October but has been working actually full time just helping us out and, and her, her her position now is executive pastor of ministries. And so she oversees all of the ministries that are taking place. And that's what, what she is, she is doing now. And then Luke, you remember about a year ago, we, we said, we're going to grow our worship team organically with who God will send us. And so we don't have, we don't have a worship director and, 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 and Luke has been working as a worship facilitator, and, and he and Chloe and others have been leading on Sunday mornings. But starting October 1st, we're glad to say to you that he will now become officially our worship director, and we're, we're glad for that. And in addition to that, because we think he can do more than just that, he's also running now running the website and also social media, and so we're pleased with that. Thanks. So we wanted you to be aware of that. That's what's happening. When Pam and I were first married, after a year we decided to buy a house and we decided to have one built. And so we contracted, got it done, and so we would go out and we would stare at the lot and say, hey, there's going to be something here. Then we noticed they marked it, so we went up and, and walked the footprint and said, this, this is a really small house. And then they started putting the foundation in and we'd go and look at the foundation and go, ah, oh, this is so great. We're building a house. And then, And then the walls would go up and go Oh, we're building a house and the roof would go on look we're building a house and, and then they would start running the wires and after they'd sided it in and they'd run the, the electrical and the, make sure the plumbing is in there and then they start putting the drywall and go whoa we're building a house and then they start putting in the cabinets and and, and the plumbing the toiletry all that stuff and go, well, we're building a house and then finally they give us a key and we bring our friends over and go look we built a house we had a guy on our staff years ago his name is Kevin and and Kevin decided to build a house. Only Kevin built the house. After work, Kevin would leave here, and he would meet some friends, and even family would come down for weeks at a time. And he was actually, I mean, he was he was putting in the foundation. He was helping with that. He was, he was putting the walls in. He was, and he would put hours upon hours a, after he would work here, and, and he would build it with his own hands. He would take those tools, and he would, he would put the walls in and put the drywall in, and, and he, actually, he actually built the house. Now, who really built the house? Kevin. We drove by and said we built it, but we never got out of the car, actually. He said, hey, look what we built. But Kevin, Kevin used his hands. Somebody's been asking me, hey, pastor, this whole thing, this whole vision, this whole building strong families, do you think it'll work? Nope. It won't work. The question is, will you work? Because what we're giving you this morning are only tools. That's all we're giving you are tools. And now we together must say, yeah, I'm going to take these tools and we're going to help build strong families. And so I'm going to ask you that that you will join with us and others who are already part of this and that you will begin to take the tools we have and you'll do some things. First of all, you invite people to come join you as we gather together here and worship because in this place, as we worship together, they will begin to understand who this immense God is and how he glues life back together again. That, That you will walk life with the people around you, do life together so they can see what it is to have... Imagio day right there. I'm asking you that you recognize that generosity generates vision, that you will be generous with what you have so that we can build strong families. I'm asking you that that you will find where you fit, that you'll join me on that Wednesday night. Foundations class that you will even this morning on that, that bulletin you received there's a tear off section we, would you fill that out and on the back of it if you want to become part of the family and you' have been baptized you can check that if you want more information you can check that but there's a spot that says i want to I want to be part I want to volunteer and, and we'll get a hold of you and say okay let 's figure out what you 're good at because because look what we have restructured and if you look at the structure of, of of what we have printed out for you, you'll understand that the foundation of everything we plan from this future is based on volunteers. You you can decide to just drive in here and say, hey, look what we're building and not do a thing. You can do that. We love you. Or you can say, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to take these tools and I'm going to become part of that and I'm going to volunteer and I'm going to give time. But you don't know how busy I am. I understand that. You're not any busier than the rest of us. But Jesus said this, as you are going into the world, I want you to share who I am, that he's the glue, and show people how that works. So would you, would you become that person that rolls up your sleeves and joins us in the building? Would you share your faith story? Say, hey, this is how Jesus is helping me. There are those who are already volunteering and, and, and they didn't know I was going to ask them to do this this morning, but I'm going to ask everyone to stand, would you please? And I'm going to ask those who volunteer in any ministry all year round and if your family's with you, bring them with you, but I'm going to ask you to come stand right down here. If you volunteer in any of our ministries, whether it's prayer or children or whatever it is, parking lot, you come down and, and with your family, bring them with you. Just stand right down here. That's great. That's great. That's right. You don't know which way to look. You can turn and face that way. That'd be great. You can face those folks. That's good. So what we're going to do this morning as we come to the conclusion of this celebration and then we're going to go out and, and party a little bit and, and get our sugar fill and, and, and have a great time and then be back this evening. But I want to pray over all of these folks who are dedicating themselves to build strong families. And you can join with me in that prayer. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come because we just want to we just want to be and do what you want us to be and what you want us to do. So we submit to that right now and, and thank you that you place it within our hearts that we're gonna build strong families. And so we ask that you will help us do that with the families that are around us the people that we brought in and include them and then the people that, that are, are part of our immediate family that you'll give us protection and wisdom on how to do that we pray that, that we'll be able to open up our arms and embrace a community where this brokenness is, is, is so apparent and you'll help us to bring your healing to them Then in the days to come as, as we preach your word about how you want us to treat each other how the kingdom of God is a kingdom of right relationships. As we worship and we sense who you are and, and, and you become the glue of our lives, we pray that the vision we see will come to pass and you'll give us both the abilities and the authority to accomplish that and then you'll push back the enemy and he can't have a place to attack us and that we will do this together. So we dedicate to you our resources, our generosity, our time, our vision, and that we will work together as a family. We'll be unified together. And the moment the enemy tries to break us apart, we will continue to move as family and deal with those issues so that we stay healthy and focused on what you've called us to do. So we give you thanks for that. And we seal this and the vision in the future as you help us build strong families. We want to be your Imaggio Day. We thank you.